Hi, St. James. Our readings today are from Hebrews 5, 5 to 10. Hebrews at the back of the Bible. Right, right at the back. Hebrews, there we are. Hebrews 5, 5 to 10. That is why Christ did not honour himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God, who said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And in another passage, God said to him, You are a priest forever, in the order of Melchizedek. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and with tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayer because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him, designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Our other reading is from John. It is John 12, verses 20 to 33. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsidia in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it and they went together to ask Jesus. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it, and those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me, because my servants must be where I am, and the Father will honour anyone who serves me. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven, saying, I have already brought glory to my name, and I will do so again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to him. When Jesus told them, the voice was not, was for your benefit, not mine. The time for judging the world has come, when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to, dry, to die. This week is the week before Palm Sunday. Um, so we are gearing up for Easter and for that last uh, week. The question is, who is this Jesus? What was happening as he walked towards the cross? Who, what does it mean? Jesus the High Priest. So we've read from uh, Hebrews. 
which we think was written by, we've always assumed it was written by Paul, because it's so beautifully written. However, it's missing the greeting at the beginning. Paul always starts his letters with a, from the Apostle Paul. And Hebrews doesn't start with that, it starts straight in. Um, the other reason we doubt it a little bit is that it was written in Greek and uh, Paul didn't do that. Also, whenever it talks about the Old Testament, it, it, it translates it from Greek rather than from Hebrew. And as a Pharisee, Paul generally did the Hebrew. So the thinking at the moment is that it was written down by Luke, who often travelled with Paul. Paul spoke a sermon and then Luke wrote it down. So it is probably a transcript of a sermon. The message of the Hebrews is in the usual Paul way. He says, this is what I want to say. And then he says it again. And then he says it again in a slightly different way later. And the message of Hebrews is that Jesus is the great high priest. Through him and him alone is salvation. And that is in our readings as well talking about Jesus, the high priest, if the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is interesting because he's only found in three bits of the Bible and one of them is here in Hebrews. Most priests, Melchizedek was a priest, the order of priests of Melchizedek. So Melchizedek was a priest. What does the order of Melchizedek mean though? Most priests in the Jewish times came from a line, like a, a genetic line from Aaron, who was the first priest. His brother was Moses, Levi's. You could not be, you couldn't just decide, ah, oh, do you know, I'd like to be a priest. Be like, no, you're not a Levi, you can't be a priest. So was Jesus a Levi? No. If you look down Jesus' family tree, you don't get priests, you get kings. He is a king. Not a Levi. So how can you be a king and a priest? Never mind a great high priest. He wasn't born in the right family. This is where Melchizedek comes in. Melchizedek, his name means king of righteousness. Righteousness means a right standing before God. So Melchizedek, king of right standing, right relationship, right place with you and God. He was the king of Salem. Salem means peace. He was the king of peace and the king of righteousness. Interesting thing with Salem, it became Jerusalem. Melchizedek was the king of Jerusalem. This story, as I've already started to think through, is that it's got in it echoes, little ripples of what's going to happen in the future. This king of peace and righteousness is going to shout, is going to speak a blessing over God's very own called. I'm going to read Genesis 14, which is the first place Melchizedek comes up. Genesis 14, starting at 16. The story is set where Abram's um, lot, his nephew, gets kidnapped. And um, Abram gets together some people and they go up, fight, and they get Lot back and the women and all the stuff. 
Abraham recovered all the goods that had been taken and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and other captives. After Abraham returned from his victory over Medor Lao, no, I've been practicing this, I still can't do it, Medor Lao Omer and all his allies, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheva, that is, King's Valley. So Abraham's coming back from a victory and the king of Sodom comes and meets him in the valley of the kings and Melchizedek the king of Salem and a priest of God most high brought Abraham some bread and wine. Melchizedek is a priest of God most high. How can this be? Because Abraham has only just been called by God Most High. And we're never told in the Bible God Most High has other cultures and other families apart from Israel. But Melchizedek is not of the family of Levi. He's not an Aaron. He's not part of the group that will go into Egypt and come out again. He is not part of Abraham's family or even extended family. He's from a different place entirely. And yet he is a priest of God Most High, an outsider. Sometimes I think we're tempted to believe and to pray as if God only works through Christians. Sometimes we think God only works through Christians like us. But definitely God only works through Christians. Everybody else is a different God. But this Bible reading tests that assumption. God lets Melchizedek bless Abraham in his name. Melchizedek is a priest of the Most High God, and yet he is not among Abraham. I don't understand, actually, why we've not heard of him before. I don't understand what he's doing. I don't really understand how it's possible, but... In Genesis 14, we discover this God who is bigger than we thought. God who is bigger than human boundaries and able to do immensely more than we can ask or imagine. Melchizedek meets Abraham and brings bread and wine. Bread and wine. So this priest comes and meets someone with bread and wine. Ripple. There's another, ooh, little ripple. Jesus. He meets us in bread and wine. He broke that bread. He shared that wine. He said, this is my body and this is my blood. I meet you in this place. I give myself to you in this place. And Genesis 14, when the world is so very young, Melchizedek meets Abraham and breaks bread and shares wine. Melchizedek blessed Abraham with this blessing. Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, whom has, who has defeated your enemies for you. And then Abraham replies, answers, by giving Melchizedek 10% of what he's brought back from the battlefield. In other words, Abraham says to Abraham, because he's not even Abraham yet, 
Abraham said to Melchizedek, you are my priest, and I give you 10%. You have blessed me in the name of my God, and I give you 10%. Melchizedek, the king priest, the outsider with the beautiful prophetic wisdom and action. So then we have two ways of becoming a priest, it seems. The way that was the normal way, which is through birth, being a Levite, being, um, being a descendant of Aaron. And this other calling, this calling that comes not through birth, but through life, through God's life in you. The way that Jesus has been called. Now, Jesus, when we read our Hebrews passage, um, he said he didn't actually, didn't ask for or look for or demand being a priest. Bible says, verse uh, 4 to 6 in Hebrews 5, And no one can become a high priest simply because he wants such an honour. He must be called by God to do this work, just as Aaron was. That is why Christ did not honour himself by assuming he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God. So this other calling to be priest comes from God. And it comes not out of a place of assumption. If you're born of a Levite family, you could assume that you could possibly be a priest. Whereas there was no such assumption with Jesus. And for us... Assumption and priesthood go awkwardly together. Most priests I know didn't actually really want to be a priest. They wanted to do what God, they felt God was calling them to, absolutely. But they never saw themselves as priests. And I'm the same, actually. I did quite a little bit of placating, a little bit of, well, if I serve you in this way, then that'll be fine and that'll be okay. Being called is like, having a half sentence at the back of your brain that's not finished. And every so often you hear the beginning of the sentence, and you quicken up. So you'll do something, for me it was leading worship and watching people meet God again, freshly, more strongly than before, thinking, yes, this is just so beautiful. I would do this 24 hours a day. Or talking to someone about Jesus and thinking, yeah, I would do this forever. Do you want to be a priest? No. I want to uh, have a career or I want to, I don't know what, I can't remember what I wanted to do. But there was something about, I don't want to be part of an institution. I don't want people to look at me and assume that I'm something I'm not because I'm wearing a dog collar. Assume that I'm special. Well, I'm not. I am just a normal person who happened to say yes. And this is the same. It's can't assume it you can't just well of course I'm clever why wouldn't I be <laughs> it's something that creeps up on you and stays with you the marks of a priest are not the marks that we would assume go with vicaring these days with vicars you want someone who's very good at organizing someone who's good at communicating someone who's charismatic and able to grow a church you want someone who can order organize a summer fete and preach a sermon preferably at the same time 
that's not what the Bible says. You'd be surprised to learn. Melchizedek, the marks of his priestly ministry was that he served the Most High God. It was in prayer and in meeting people where they were. He met Abraham as Abraham came back. Why did he meet Abraham? Out of obedience to God. And we see this in Jesus' ministry as well. He served God wholeheartedly. He was constant and in prayer. He was obedient and he met people where they were. It doesn't look like bickering. It's much more exciting. The high priest offered sacrifices on behalf of everyone. In our um, Hebrews reading, and himself, because we were all very weak. And this is something I think sometimes gets a bit lost until priests mess up, until they make mistakes, when it becomes very loud. Calling to a priest is not a calling to be better or wiser than anybody else. It's not a calling to be professional. It's a calling to be yourself. That's it. It's to be yourself as you serve God. It's to be yourself as you pray and learning more and more about obedience to God. High priests offer sacrifices like I said, for themselves and for other people, all except Jesus. He did not offer sacrifices for himself because he was without sin. He became the sacrifice so that the way is open and we are free. Jesus offers himself instead of sacrificing for himself. So when we gather all this together, what are we saying? What does it mean? Melchizedek offers us another idea of what it is to be priest. He is not priest because he's a Levite. He is priest because God has poked him until he was obedient. The order of Melchizedek is a God-chosen priesthood. It's centred on sacrifice, prayer, obedience and blessing. It's not something that you choose, it's something that chooses you. It's a half thought, profoundly uncomfortable. I used to have a nose piercing, this little side, from when I was quite young. And uh, all the time, all the way through college, I had my nose piercing, got deaconed, still had my nose piercing, got priesthood and looked in the mirror and went, it's my little rebellion and I don't need it anymore and took my piercing out and it's a small action a little action and I don't really care but it it was something about having that profound niggly gone away I was okay in myself without my little rebellion um, and felt Right, there'll be those of you listening to this and watching this for whom this rings true. There is a half sentence at the back of your mind, a niggly little itch. But when you look at priesting, or when you look at vicaring, you think, I don't want to be doing that. Especially St. James, actually, because it's so complex. I don't want to be doing that. 
my question for you is, is God choosing you? Are you okay with obedience? Do you meet people where they are? Can you sacrifice? Could you step forward if God said yes? Don't look at vicaring, look at yourself. There are no professional Christians. There's just those who've said yes. If God is niggling you and asking you and you don't want to say yes, do talk to me. And uh, we can scratch further into this priesthood question. So we are all called by Christ. We're part of his family. He is the sacrifice. That means that we are free. We can look at the Bible and it feels like this week scratching the surface of a lake. And no idea why he brought bread and wine, why they met in the Valley of Kings. This precursor to Jesus, King of Peace and the King of Righteousness. What he shows us about Jesus is what we don't know. But we do know that God calls us all as priests, but some of us just as priests. And if that's you, please, please chat to me, or Steve, or Amelia, or your service leader. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. That you call us all as priests. Thank you that each of us is chosen for a life of prayer and obedient service and blessing. Father, we pray that you would draw us closer to you and closer to who we really are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.